We bout that inner fulfillment, sipping the cab, never spilling. Pinot Merlot, and any way the grape can give us that feeling. Business and marketing, sales revealing all of that realness. Health is wealth, are you with me? We talking wellness and chilling, spilling anything but a drop. It's important to tell, it's not just about cash, but it's about doing more for yourself. So pour a glass, don't have to share with anyone else. Leave your problems on the shelf. You tuning in to wine and wealth. Ah yes. <laughs> What's up, man? Here we are. Okay. <laughs> Episode zero. Let's yes. get weird. Yeah, I guess so. I guess we are. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is the Ground Zero episode of Wine and Wealth with Tony Leone. Uh, I am your man, Tony Leone. And hold on, before we get started, let's get the first part in. If we can get this on, on, on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. The new ASMR podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hitting, hitting all of your senses here in the late night rounds. So what's up, everybody? So here's the deal. This is episode zero where we tell you what we're about, what we do, and what we're going to talk about, and if you should give a shit about listening to us. And that kind of is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, I'd All say right. so. Okay. Um, I've been super excited about getting this started because, well, one, the dynamic of you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quick background for anyone who doesn't know me. Quite frankly, the only people who are going to be listening to this right out the gate are uh, my friends and wife, and she might not even listen <laughs> for the first couple. I, gotta prove, I was going to say by episode 10, she won't be I was about anymore. To say, I got to prove it that I got to get past yeah. 10, then she might start listening. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, but my background is very specifically in sales negotiation and sales leadership, I would say. Not overall leadership, but how do you lead a sales team? I've been doing that for... Well, almost 15 years now. I haven't had a boss for 15 years. Let's put it that way. So I think what's cool about that, and the only reason I say that to not puff out my chest, but given the last five years, I'll do the air quotes. Entrepreneurship has taken quite the sexy term. Oh, yeah. Right? Everyone's got it in Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Right. The guy once was uh, fixing my sink, and he's like, I'm an entrepreneur. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I called a plumbing company. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, I got a t-shirt business. I said, okay, man. Anyways, not to shit on that guy, but whatever. Um, but the only reason I say that, because I think we have some stuff to lend people who are trying to get in the game. Yeah. It ain't easy. And that's why I have you here. And we'll introduce you in a minute, my friend Alex, who's my producer, who's an up-and-coming entrepreneur. You're you're kind of in the shit right mm-hmm. now as well. Uh, but specifically, I've learned over 15 years in, in corporate sales specifically, how much has changed and how much just hasn't changed with human behavior and how to lead people and how to persuade people. And then how does that bleed over into the other aspects of life that we also appreciate, which is uh, health, tech, maybe art and music, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll always bring it back to maybe a business spin. So so the idea of wine and wealth is I pour myself a glass of wine, loosen up a little bit, a little bit, right? Feel a little bit, uh, you know, kind of cool right? Like <laughs> a little, little more real yes exactly loosen <laughs> things up we do this at the end of a work day usually mm-hmm. Alex could be vaping his hoodoo voodoo <laughs> over there I don't ask any questions <laughs> it's nicotine trust yeah. me okay whatever man um, and then we just chat about it and we try and bring some realness in and hopefully I can shed some light on just how the world works and the inner workings of major corporate businesses because a lot of my clients are in that world and I'm, I'm training 
salespeople and helping sales leaders really win in competitive marketplaces uh, here in the United States and globally. So we get to have a little bit of fun. On the flip side of that in my life, I, yes. I've been a punk rock and roll <laughs> asshole. <laughs> are, are we saying that uh, the, the taboo A word on the show? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. so that's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. We actually talked about this uh, as we were getting this rolling. Yeah. Do we curse? I don't know. Do we? I'm a hard effing yes, but I don't know whether to drop the f bomb or not. It's interesting. So I've I've listened to a lot of podcast. Well, actually, I shouldn't say a lot of podcasts. I binge very specific podcasts. Right. Um, Joe Rogan is, admittedly, I'm a bro Roganite. Mm -hmm. I really do enjoy his content just because he's he's inquisitive. It's one of the things I like about him. Um, and he doesn't think like I do, which is right. something else I like about him. He drops f bombs all the time mm -hmm. and, and I was watching I was listening to one the other day because I wanted to dig back in that he had with a sleep expert named Matthew Walker who was this really high C personality and we'll get into the personality stuff I'm also a human behavior expert I'm I'm, a, I'm certified in disc Hartman index 12 driving forces and uh, what's the other one EQ yeah. So those are my certifications on human behavior. And I was going to say, actually, a, uh, a preview for maybe an episode to come. I've taken my EQ test, haven't I? You took a trimetrics, which looks okay. at your Hartman Index, DISC, and Driving Forces. So we'll mm -hmm. totally look at that. But you need to take an EQ one. Okay. And we'll do that one as well. All right. Good point. But so you could tell that this guy, Matthew Walker, doctor, sleep uh, journalist, high C yeah and Joe Rogan's dropping f-bombs and he's not siphoning one out of this guy he won't yeah. let one fly you know <laughs> and there's other people who don't let it fly until he does it and then they reactively do it right so I started thinking well, what are the parameters of doing this Joe Rogan's a comedian he's not right. trying to sell himself to fortune 100 and fortune 500 companies exactly. so like do I do this now on the flip side I got clients that have been around with me for hell 10 15 years mm -hmm. where in our close relationships we know, right? We I could never do it in some of these really big corporations in right. front of a room of people. You just don't do it. I might be able to say shit here and there, but that has to like, I have to use that poignantly mm -hmm. to draw the, snap the room out of some like old habit and it yeah. like kind of shocks. They, yeah, like cut the shit kind yeah, of thing. It's so corporate that like me being able to get out of that. Mm -hmm. Now I have a family owned business. It's a distributor, kind of good old boys. Yeah. And there's like one girl in, in the crew and she's even like she's a badass and we just can drop f-bombs with each other all over the place so you kind of feel it out yeah here i'm like you know what it's my own medium mm -hmm. just be authentic don't be disgusting I, th I think that's a good one to roll with is because, that a fair rule yeah because even when we kind of launched us down that path is what you were saying you know you dirty punk rock rock and roller you know mm -hmm. that you know f-bombs and shit and everything else that that's like every other word for us <laughs> so it's like you know but but exactly what you're saying kind of like just reading the room and i would say it just really comes down to what your audience would want right if, if you feel that that would be a deterrent then that would that'd probably be something that you wouldn't want to go with um although i would say that that aspect of you isn't a selling point of you Right, like a Gary V is kind of he's branded as like, mm -hmm. and even Joe Rogan, that's part of his branding of just the not giving a fuck, you know. It's right. like boom, let's go ahead and throw one out. It's like yeah. you know, but that's part of his branding. Yeah, I, I've never really seen that as part of your branding, even in the music world. No, I didn't. Yeah, not really. I I didn't go. 
too crazy. That's a good point. So honestly, I would say just go with your personal branding and just go with kind of what you were saying, you know, the occasional shit or something like that. Weirdly enough, I was looking for rules on the internet. Mm -hmm. Men's health had like four major rules for when you should say fuck. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Rule number one. By the way, I should should cite the author. The author. We need to find out what are the rules on this before before we get too cool. Yeah. I'll cite this. We can't do that. Well, before I, uh, Eric Spitznagel, this is from right. 2015, and it's by the way, it says scientists have studied this. Here are the four fucking rules. <laughs> nice. Rule one: Don't use the f word as a verb. Use it as an adjective, adverb, noun, or interjection, but never ever as a verb. Okay. That would be like f u. Right. That makes sense. Right. 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 I don't want to have a guest on and just be like. Ah, <laughs> F you. That would be mm-hmm. bad. No, that would be very bad. I think we could add a couple rules of this as well, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go with rule number two here. Deploy it wherever its use makes a joke funnier or builds social cohesion among buddies. I, I feel that that's very subjective because humor is very subjective. I agree. Yeah. All right, so let's take one of the most famous lines ever mm-hmm. where – Bill Cosby called Richard Pryor and he said, Why do you? Well, that's more my Bill Clinton. <laughs> Mixing up bills puts there. The pudding on <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's the wrong. That's definitely no, the wrong. Anyways, bill. he called Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. By the way, Richard Pryor, Bill Cosby was like Richard Pryor's idol. So imagine your idol calling you and yeah. he said, uh, Why do you have to? You don't have to curse that much. And Richard Pryor's famous line was, are they fucking laughing? Am I getting fucking paid? Well, have a Coke and shut the fuck up. <laughs> that was the line. Right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, again, I think if you're also quoting something, it's a bit different. Right. But yeah, if but Bill you Cosby were saying, to say you that. don't need to say that to be right. funny, I would actually say what made Richard Pryor funnier was when he could actually... But that was part of his brand. Exactly. So I would say already, if that was more part of... If you had a more brash personality... And was known for, you know, just letting them fly, then yeah, I would say it would be a bit disingenuous for that. But I think just even in the the field that you're in, you temper that very well. Right. And, and even in your songwriting, I never really noticed too many F bombs or curse words. It's like no, when I you didn't did. Curse no, no, you didn't need to. Well, when you did, though, it was very poignant. And it's like it always stuck out to me. Right. Uh, like a first track on the. Um, uh, the last record before the EP, uh, Hypnotize. Yeah. There, there's a track on there, and it's like second line, you know, tell me all your effing lies. So right. it's just like, that's one of the few times I can think of that you threw a curse word in there, and it was very poignant. Not So I think just use discretion. Yeah, I'm already, I think we'll be I'm already uncomfortable with how many times I've dropped an F-bomb, but that's cool. <laughs> Rule number three, if you want to be safe, stick to cities and oil fields. Which makes a ton of sense. I can leave that one where it is. But I, yeah. Yeah. Right? What they're saying is the Midwest, mm-hmm. probably more. Read where you are. Read, yes. Read the room. Right. So if I have a guest, we have a guest um, coming up, Alan Stein Jr., who he's in a leadership market, but in a past life, he was a youth basketball coach. Right. So if he, by chance, has still that market, we're probably not going to be throwing around a bunch of F bombs. So, like, understand the the room and uh when in doubt never shout or scribble in grime on the back of your f-150 
<laughs> your kids may be behind you. I've dropped an F-bomb by accident in front of my two-and-a-half-year-old. Did he, he pick it up? Boom. Ami- what is right it? Right back at me. You, you could probably give him so many words throughout the day, wouldn't throw them back, and as soon as you throw one of those out, boom, it's there for life. Because the consonants that... Yeah. Like he can he could be like he knows something uh-huh. happened. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh man. man. He he threw it right back at me. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. So those are so Did I you got, make did you make a deal of it? No, I was really upset with myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I was gonna say if you make a deal of it, they'll continually say it. No, 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 no. I actually just quietly was like <sighs> Maybe I say it too much. Um all right, so my other rule of this is I don't like it in text. I remember one time I saw uh, these 15 rules of touring. And the f- this, this was 10 years ago. Yeah. And I think I, I remember the post you're talking about. Yeah, and it said, um, eat your effing oranges. Yeah. Everything had an F-bomb. And immediately I dismissed it as like, this is some cranky dude who got sick by a, a bandmate with the sniffles. <laughs> I read and it. He and he was I, just mad. Well, see, I saw, I see that post in the Richard Pryor sense where it made it funnier. Where it's like, I can see the guy being like, all right, listen up. Eat your effing oranges. Send the effing back. Yeah, but you know, th- that's kind of That's thing. why it doesn't work in text. Okay. It just sounded like an angry Twitter raid. Okay. I can see Tire that. Tirade. Yeah. And because again, that it all, yeah, it's very hard to judge tonality yeah. and meaning through text. All right, where do you see more f bombs on social media? Facebook for sure. You think so? Not. Well, are you active Twitter guy or? Not so much. I try to stay away from Twitter because it's gotten really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Twitter is like if you're just in a room of people and. Everyone's like, talking at the exact same time. Yes. And is they're just like, but I'm the most No, you got a room voice. full of 10 people. They're all talking to each other. And at least four of those people have mace and they're just going around macing people. <laughs> and you like go, ah, and then, and then they start telling you their opinion. <laughs> so tell me what you really think about Twitter, Tony. <laughs> I think that's probably where it's a sad place, right? Yes, There's yes. a lot of curse. Oh, yeah. Instagram, I don't see it a lot. Maybe I just have a good community that I follow. Yeah, there, there are also very different communities on each platform. Yeah, which is kind of the area that I've kind of focused on a little bit more, being in social media at this point. Is your Facebook audience is going to be your wider audience because it's the largest platform? Um, but there is a lot more room for not being able to show up in this that, and the other. And you're also seeing a larger boom of ages of about 35 to 65 using mm-hmm. Facebook more, a lot of your younger demographic is not using Facebook anymore. Right. And I think this most recent election cycle and even this pandemic has even caused that gap to be even wider. Right. Um, because even like for me personally, I don't like really getting on Facebook anymore, mainly because I'm just tired of seeing everyone's opinion. I yeah. have my opinion. You posting yours isn't going to change mine. So there's no need to put it out there. And I can't see anything on there other than that. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's a minefield, man. I'm, I'm with so, you. So, Plus, I also get sucked into buying stupid shit on the marketplace exactly like, and, oh, the, a and that's machine from 1965 that's the same year as my see, camper let me I, get that i don't have the, that kind of money yet <laughs> so, so i don't even look at that sort of stuff but no so on instagram you can't easily make a text post 
Right, it takes effort. It takes effort to make a text right. post on Instagram. You have to type it out on something and then screenshot it or make a photo of it, then post it. By design. Is that do you know if that's Instagram's Instagram started out initially as I think exclusively an iOS app and it was done exclusively for photographers. Like Facebook yeah. was done for college yeah, kids. Yeah, I know that. What I'm asking, like, if you think Instagram is sitting around in a boardroom and they do you think they've ever they've had to have asked a question? Let's make it easier to do a text update. So if they do that, what separates them from Facebook? I agree. So you think that's it's, why it's probably come up and they go, no. Well, it's because Facebook owns Instagram. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, man. Facebook owns Instagram, so they're not going to create something on that platform. Is this the time where we go down that we're heading towards a one world order? Oh man, there's plenty I could talk about uh, no, no, opinion-wise no, no. on, on that. The, not on the ground. <laughs> I was we'll, gonna say because I was sending you videos when shit was happening, and we'll I was send, just like, I gotta talk about this. We'll save that for the health episode. I, I can't. Oh do no, that. we gotta save that for the tech episode. True, true. No, the All stuff right. I want to talk about is in big tech and the supposed monopolies going around. That's crazy. No, that have you seen any of that? <sighs> send it to me. Okay, I'll we'll save it for a tech episode. Oh, yes. All right, so for background, real quick, I'm in this moment. In our year of the Lord, 2020, this shit show that is 2020, it is, what, September 3rd, 2020? Yes. I'm 38. You are how old? 27. 27. So you're 11 years my younger, so we got a nice, I'm kind of at the cusp of Gen X, mm-hmm. uh, millennial, kind of, actually, they actually I have say, a, I'm still a millennial. Yeah. They have a term for me, which is actually called a... a like the sandwich cusp generation, we we went through high school without cell phones. Right? I had a, I totally had a beeper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no internet, all that stuff. But then we ushered it in, so we're kind of this weird sandwich generation. Very and, fascinating. And, what, and what's odd is technically I went through the same thing, but it was mainly because of the area I lived in. Yeah, you we was, didn't have. He was that. a powerboy from Roanoke, Virginia. Oh no, not Roanoke, Gaffney, South Carolina. Oh, Gaffney. Yeah, you remember boy. that? <laughs> I forgot. That's right. Yeah, that, that's where I spent my childhood was in Gaffney. But you're you're a super nerd. Yes. Proud. Yes. Super nerd. You. Mm-hmm. Yep. And <laughs> I'm a uh, more of your sports. Yeah. Meathead. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot gun. Actually, by the way, since we last saw each other, I shot an eight point buck. Oh, got a freezer full of deer. Nice, nice, yep. nice. So, but it's it's going to be fun. The dichotomy between us and mm-hmm. the thing that bring, has brought us together is music and rock and roll. That's right. So this you will constantly be getting your perspective on stuff. Uh, to wrap up the the language thing. For anyone in corporate America, just play it safe. This is not, to me, it's not the time to be risking it. Yeah. Exactly. Read the room. Uh, the problem is, and I've had this happen, one person can sink the ship. I got a complaint because I, I cursed in front of a room and that client never came back. Even though I crushed it, all my reviews were really good. You can't risk. I mean, we live in a lawsuit culture and someone feels offended, whether it's your language, and that's what clipped me. So. So play it safe before we fully wrap it up because you just now mentioned that I would have liked to have dived into that further. I'm assuming it was an f bomb or an uh, or actually only said shit, but she was um, uh, Mormon. So I, I guess just what confuses me on that is why a word like that is just that seems so benign. Even that one, it wasn't even the hard f. 
that one seems so benign as to be like, I'm not coming back. It's like, it, you, you have to realize that anyone in your position is self-censoring to be professional like that. So, well, so for the fact that it's like, you know, I can come off really, especially if it was 10 years ago, I could have come off really arrogant, especially if it was a, if someone was just not a good salesperson and they're, and they're pushing back on me. Yeah. Right? That, that would happen a lot, especially in my late twenties. Um, so I, I, I could own a lot of that part. Okay. But the, the specific complaint was, uh, I was offended by the cursing. So, I mean, you know, I play it safe where you are. Here's the thing. I used to work for a guy named Jeffrey Gittimer who has written, man, like a dozen books, super popular author, guys, super famous, uh, in our space and I really liked him and if you knew him on a personal level he was a really nice compassionate guy but on the outward level he's super jersey and cursed all the time and he'll right. use public events and about a third of the room be really offended by his language the other two-thirds of the room spent a boatload of money in the back of the room I know because I was helping sell books we would do thousands and thousands of dollars in product sales that was on top of how much people paid to get in and that's right. on top of what I was in charge of which was getting corporate clients so the idea there was you attract people that like you and you the people that don't like you were never going to get them in the first place that's right right so I think that's part of it what I found at the end of the day if I'm helping my clients beat the next competitor either below them and continue to kind of step on their throat hmm. or climb the ladder and, and leapfrog the competitor in, in above them, they tend to care less about how I talk. Because you give the results. They just want the result. Yeah. And and honestly, most of those personalities at the top, you know, they they, uh, they can give leeway if, if you're helping them get the result, as long as yeah. you're not being super offensive. So just look, man, I think most people should have intuition. What I fear is a lot of people – see a Gary V or Joe Rogan or a Tony Robbins and go, well, if they're doing it, I do it. Yeah. And then, then it becomes just this insane rambling of cursings because you're trying to be like that person. And that's Honestly, where you just be yourself. It's authenticity, right? So that's what we'll try and fly here. Yeah. All right. So that that's the rule of thumb here. I think that's a good one. Fair enough. With so, that, so with your your main, I'll interview you for a minute. With your main background in sales, where did that primarily start out as? Was that something that you were interested in? Because I know your father, yeah, you know, was in sales. Great it was question. it just a situation of oh, I saw him doing that. That must be what I'm going to do. Or did you actually have a genuine interest? I, you know, I got a brother and a sister, and they saw the same thing. But they saw my dad be really successful selling, like being a number one salesperson uh, in a land company. He sold yeah. land. Like uh, if anyone ever seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, my dad was one of those type of salespeople. Right. Uh, and then he sold swimming pools and became the number one swimming pool salesman in the country for year after year. Sold more pools than anybody in the country. So they saw him be a really good salesperson and provide a great life. By the time I came around, I came a little bit later than everybody. My dad was in the speaking business, speaking about sales. And I think what drew me to the sales genre wasn't so much I want to sell. It's, and at this point, he had transitioned from being 
probably a six-figure salesperson to a seven-figure public figure. Right. So I saw, oh, if you learn how to persuade mm-hmm. and speak and negotiate and lead, you have the avenue to do all this stuff. So the thing that attracted me to selling itself, I've gone through, whether it's this recession, the 08 recession, uh, anything in my, and in, in any to come knowing that I have a skill set that will never let me go broke because of a skill set. So that was like a safety net thing. The thing that attracted me to what we do, why mm. I wanted to get good at sales because I also wanted to be a speaker. Got I also it. wanted to be in front of a room. I kind of wanted to be uh, using my verbal skill set. Same thing, you know, attracted me to rock and roll, being a, a front man. So I think kind of that had something to do with it. I was around a lot of speakers mm. and a lot of really good speakers. Like the only, the top 1% hung out with each other. Right. Right. There's, out of a room of 4,000 speakers, you're not hobnobbing with all the people that are, not to sound rude, but you're not hobnobbing with the below average to average people who are like just starting or hanging out like kind of at the very bottom line. Mm-hmm. You're hanging out with the one percenters. Yeah. And those people were just so radical, man. They were crazy. They were cool. We would go to these parties. They, you know, they were always drinking good scotch and smoking <laughs> cigars and you know and they all had money and yeah. they were living good lives and uh, i got to see that so it attracted me and so i put the equation okay you'd be good at sales you have the opportunity to be free yeah and that's just the connection i made so oddly enough my first sales job i started selling life insurance and i was horrendous <laughs> Horrendous. Yeah. I got fired in two years. Just like not comfortable with your pitch or. Well, the. What? You know, how many problems can I cite? <laughs> One, my personality. Overarching. My, my personality was never built for that. Right. Because um, it was more sitting at a desk making 100 cold calls mm-hmm. instead of being out there in front of people. Right. Um, now, if you if I had an appointment setter, might have been a different story, but that's just not what you. Two, I'm young and I'm dressing up in a cheap suit from Men's Warehouse, telling people that they need to give me their retirement money for an yeah. annuity. It just feels a little odd. Yeah, I mean, and they gave you some kind of canned, really scripted presentation. It was non-emotional, and it wasn't long before I didn't know what I was doing, nor could I tell. It was just a bad. The whole thing was just. A, yeah, that's not for you. Yeah, so I got fired because I couldn't. I wasn't selling anything. And then I went into selling swimming pools because I wanted to replicate what the old man did. I said, "Look, if I'm going to be successful in this, and this is this is, I just graduated from the Citadel down in South Carolina Military College, and you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good about. I just graduated from this good college. I still live in Charleston. I said, if I'm going to be successful in sales, I want no variables." So I'm going to go into the in the industry you did it in and just you're going to tell me how to do it. And that's it. Yeah. And so the first year I did good. I like I did quota, right? Without much um training on that side. He trained me for the most part. And in the second year, I was rocking. Yeah. And I actually only hung out in that business 2 to 3 years when uh, I got an opportunity to move to Charlotte to work for a software company and sell software and that's where I got into somewhat of the B2B world and I was selling company and that's the when I came to work for Jeffrey Gittimer. Yeah. And uh train one. Hung out there. They ended up dissolving that company when 08 happened. Mm-hmm. And then uh that's basically when I took 
a small client base I had, some unemployment, <laughs> and went and toured the country for a couple of years in some rock and roll bands. Yeah. And what was interesting, I was, that's when it all clicked, right? I was able to tour and make music and make albums and do all this great stuff. And when I wasn't doing that, I was speaking. Mm-hmm. I was training. Mm-hmm. I was even, go- I was, I remember being, I went on a tour. I think it was with 21st Century Goliath. I went on the big tour. Yeah. Uh, the one I couldn't do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it might have been the one you did. I didn't I didn't do a tour, remember? You didn't I was, do the one I in was, South By? We were about to do, I was about to do that one, but then oh. my work wouldn't let me out, so y'all did that's it. Right. It's just a four-piece. We did Coast to Coast. So yeah. it was one of those tours. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. So I remember coming back from tour, mm. and then I flew to uh, England and Amsterdam. I remember that, yeah for a couple speaking engagements and training engagements and came back and went straight back to touring. Yep. It was, cr- so I was like, this is great. Now it was great cause I was single and I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no wife, no kid, right? Any you know, extra responsibilities. I was burning the candle at both ends. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And enjoying every bit of exactly. it. Exactly. I was like, I'm making money over here. I'm spending it over here. Right? <laughs> it was great. So, uh, I met Ashley and, and obviously one had to kind of go. Yeah. Um, but, at that moment, I went, damn, I was able to do whatever the hell I wanted yeah. because of I had a skill set that was valuable. And, you know, whatever we think of Tony Robbins, I think he's inspirational. I can't tell if he's a yay or a nay yet. You know, he's, he's helped me. I really I like his stuff. I'm, yeah. know, I'm trying to figure him out, you know, but I really like his content. Um, but one of my favorite things he says is, money's just a measuring stick for the value you bring yeah and i was like wow the money kept going up because of the value and and i what's cool about my business is i can dollarize how much value i bring like if i get in this is why i like working with massive companies you know i got a client that's going to do get this shit they're still probably going to sell if they make a couple more right before the end of this month close to two billion dollars in new business this year now think about i wish i had an equity deal with them where if i just could say hey give me a small percentage of your new business sales yeah (laughs) oh yeah i wouldn't be needing to do this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but it's easy to measure my value because i use my sales strategy to to get there so there's no question about how much like my how much i charge them on a line item is is nickels compared to the so i'm able to show that and so I put those things all together real quick while having the freedom to continue to do what I love. And so that's where it all came from. And it all kind of like some of it I got lucky. A lot of it I got lucky because I <laughs> learned all the content from my old man. Some yeah. of it's been, you know, constant information coming in now, but I siphon it through how I think about human persuasion and human behavior and, and sales strategy from him. And he, I give him all the credit in the world. He flipped the sales strategy upside down and I haven't seen really anybody else do it like him um and i think that you can also give an interesting perspective or maybe not depending on what your answer is but i have a feeling i know what it is being in a band and doing tours like that did you get a different perspective on the concept of a sale 
because there was still money being exchanged through the band, whether right. it be a guarantee, booking a show, this that, and the other. Did you learn a little bit more about any processes dealing with that side of the business? I th- what I learned was you still have to learn to let go of every responsibility. And that's more not from sales perspective, but from an entrepreneurial perspective. Because mm-hmm. because you can look at both as an entrepreneur yeah. venture. Like, you know, you know, Devin. Yeah. Especially so. And even Scott, for that matter, they were taskmasters. They were they were the guys that, that went through a fine tooth comb on expenses and money made and um they could both kind of be enforcers a little bit on their way, like you know, the pay me stuff. Yeah. Uh where sales really came in was how do I make a band you've never heard of interesting enough? All I'm over here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm booking Bakersfield, California. How do I make it look interesting enough for you to, for me to take one of your evenings on stage? Exactly. And even more so, how can then I get you to give me money before? And so, building a compelling argument, anticipating all of the objections, mm-hmm. putting myself in the other person's shoes quickly, mm-hmm. telling them why we would be the right, and then also knowing on a Tuesday night, I'm probably not going to get three hundred bucks. Yeah. To come in with the right. ABC offer early mm-hmm. so that was sales and that's why I booked all the tours because that initial persuasion was the key yeah then the team was all right you had that one guy who could count the money and track the stuff which is what I'm pr- quite honestly very bad at right I, the biggest joke with anyone around me is I love selling I love the win like when mm-hmm. I seal a deal like I'm I'm fist pumping It'll take me like six months to get the invoice out because I like the money, but the money isn't the win. Yeah. It, the win's the win. Right. right? Exactly. Like, that's it. My wife's like, the money's the good part. I'm like, all right, well, you bill them, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> she does. Put her on your team. Be like, you're the biller. Oh, she is. So that's, that. yeah, I think it's, it all comes together. No, and that, and that makes sense because... Uh, from the aspects you know that I mentioned earlier, being in social media, the things that I really learned about the band is perception is reality. Yes, and I think that's something that a lot of people, what if they're not in the music business and are trying to do entrepreneurship type ventures, it might be something that they kind of have to learn the hard way. But being in a band, being in a situation like that, you quickly learn. Okay, the things that you know we post. Oh, it actually matters if we have a decent looking logo. It actually matters if there's a good photo. Right. You know that kind of stuff will get you replies in your emails and things like that. So quickly realizing that, say, okay, it's how you put yourself out there online helps get people interested. Well, shit, dude. Did you create an energy drink because you thought you were going to make a million dollars? No. Or because you wanted to be like, we're a band that has a freaking energy drink. That's named exactly after one of our it. songs. That's exactly why we did. And you it. found a way to do it, and it was mm-hmm. cool. It was fun. Yeah. Great drink, by the way. Vitamin B12. It's like a nice little brand. B12, in. B6, sugar free. I still remember the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then you even capitalized on the recent mask craze. You've got a lot of pictures. How many masks have you? pushed out uh we sent out 30 free masks there you go yeah and a whole bunch of people wearing your logo on their face yeah it's like that that cost me money i didn't uh, make anyone pay for those masks right. but it's like it's it's getting the but how much would you spend in in getting people to post about your band oh way more than exactly that. way more than the cost of making up some masks for my close friends for them to send me some photos or to post it around on yeah, instagram yeah. It's so like, come on. you're right i mean 
these are little kind of things that you learn. And honestly, what it all comes down to is how much shit you got to eat early. Oh yeah. Whether dude. you're, you know, you're starting out in your own business mm-hmm. and, and, um, uh, I'm trying to give you a, a leg up in that world. And well, I mean, even eating it right now is looking at what the going rates are and going, I know I'm not going to get that price right. from my friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got <laughs> that, a bunch of poor friends around you. That, that's the eating it right now is you look, find looking at, looking at the usual rate for something and then going, oof, I'm not going to get that right now. Yeah, you got to find the money. Well, the mm-hmm. thing is you have to really get honest with yourself. You don't, you don't always do shit you love mm-hmm. you just don't i mean you would love no. to be editing music video rock and roll music videos oh, for the rest yeah. of your life but you'll you'll You're be, be editing you talking i mean yeah <laughs> see what i mean yeah it's like yeah that that's still gonna be fun but if if you ask me alex what would your dream job be? My dream job, no offense, would be filming Tony Leone for a companion videos to the podcast. So it's like, <laughs> as much as I'm going to enjoy it, no, that's not going to be my right. be all end we, all dream. We enjoy job. the process. I think exactly. that's the biggest thing. You got to enjoy the game. Whether any of it that you're doing, because yeah. something we were discussing before the um, uh, recorder came on was all saying, you know, I'm get, going more into the video editing side of this. I've been really enjoying it. And I was explaining because I like monotonous tasks. I don't mind if as soon as I walk in one day, someone hands me a stack of paperwork and they're like, hey, I need you to sort all this. Okay, cool. I'll spend two hours and sort it all. It's like, that's fine. But then if it's the exact same paperwork every single time, then I'm going to get a little bored. But if it's paperwork for, you know, this sort of company and then it's a different kind of paperwork the next time and then a different sort of invoice the other time it's different enough to where it still gets my brain engaged yeah. so doing the video projects yes there's going to be a lot of drag drop okay color correction yada 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 but every single time i put my hand to a video project is something brand new it's something totally different so I think that's going to be something good for people that like repetitive work, but get too bored from the repetitive work. It's like the, it's always too hot or it's always too cold. I think I found my lukewarm water. Yeah. It's classic outsourcing, right? So what my, uh, my client that's going to do that 2 billion and they, uh, only do outsourcing, right? So they outsource certain aspects for other large corporations, right? Uh, even schools, hospitals. So it's a, and and basically what they say is, you're not well equipped to do this. And if you did feel like staffing your your own people, and ha- it would cost you too much because you have mm-hmm. to train that. Like so, we'll just outsource it. So the same thing goes with your mind. In order to train my mind up for the patience and the skill, it's going to take room from something else mm-hmm. that is. It's like. What was I doing? Oh, my God, dude. So I got this 1965 vintage camper that I pulled behind my 1968 vintage station wagon. And we were going camping. It was its maiden voyage. And I said, you know what? I want to put my fingerprint on on something on this. The inside was done by somebody. The upholstery was done by somebody. I said, let me paint the outside of this. Yeah. Worst fucking mistake of my life. <laughs> when I started sanding it down and realizing there was three coats of paint, and then I had to, and I just went, I've been out if, about four days later. Yeah. I said, how much money could I have made if I just sat in a room and called people 
how many of these could I have paid to get painted? I could have gotten 12 campers painted by yeah. a professional down the road. Mm-hmm. So I, it's the same thing with us here. I can't sit here and go, I'm going to get excited about the monotonous aspect of editing a video doing the social and in the back end of social media so we've been figuring out a way to bring you in house and hire Mm -hmm. you and this is kind of the launching point oh yeah but you know I also want to bring you along Mm -hmm. in the journey because I like seeing people uh, standing on their own two feet and not relying on someone else for their paycheck yeah and that's what i was even telling you earlier is like yeah. regardless of what happens here is like i'm i'm trying to go full force yeah. into my video edits and audio edits and photos yeah. and any digit the digital media well we're gonna we're gonna uh track the journey that's what's awesome about this this is yeah. episode zero and we're gonna track your journey mm-hmm. hopefully we'll track mine into the next stratosphere yeah wh- whatever happens during this covid <laughs> we, you know, we, i'm i'm so freaking lucky that i got clients that uh, are really good that are smart that that not only stay committed to me but actually double down on training they realize that when the market shrinks if they actually increase the skills of their people when the market uh, comes back from the contraction their market shares exploded yeah because they've just gobbled up all these other uh, either whether it's talent or whether it's other business because people were just kind of turtling up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm blessed in that. I don't get as many, you know, unfortunately the keynotes all took a, a nosedive. Yeah. But you know, that's why I'm in sales because you can always bail you out and I'm, I'm fortunate, but hopefully we get to that next stratosphere. Oh yeah, we will. It's just trying to traverse it. And I think that's also what's going to be kind of fun is seeing that progression. Yeah. My next stratosphere is, you know, 50 the foot world. yacht yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you'll know you'll know you'll see it if it, if you see like if you start seeing like um tony leone billboards right and you know i got the i got the big bright red truck with mm-hmm. the six foot lift and the 37 inch tires like if you'll know if like park next to it subtly is like you know a brand new Ford Bronco Raptor 2021. You'd be like, oh shit, that's the next stratosphere. <laughs> there it, it goes. There it Did is. You see it starts you know, Instagram. Like I subtly put it in the Instagram mm-hmm. picture. Mm-hmm. Right? Ever so subtly, yes. yeah. Ever so subtly next to the station wagons, uh, you know, 1932 Ford Coupe balled out that I didn't build. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Ooh, Tony has fancy cars. That's it. I'm totally gonna be that douchebag. Totally. I'll be. I'll want no up. Lambos though. No Bugatti. Tony want a Bugatti? It is Italian. Uh, that's what I was saying. That's your next stratosphere. Tony yeah. gets a Bugatti. Tony. <laughs> it's like it's like it's an always sunny episode. Tony gets a Bugatti. <laughs> that could be it. All right. You'll know. Next thing we need to do is get you a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, first, let's get me some actually yeah. income and Alex, then I can get the car. This and the then best I can- part, folks. Alex still rise the bus yes 27 so punk rock i guess you could call it that <laughs> yeah for us who like rancid from back in the day the yeah. bus is like the quintessential punk rock thing oh, yeah. to do no it's, it's now just the punk rock those... thing to do is to be in like a battery powered fiat yeah no <laughs> with a no. coexist sticker on your back bumper no, no thanks no it, it's it's one of those weird things where it's like 
I have to take the bus because I don't have the car, but I don't have the car because I don't have the income, but I could have the income if I had the cheaper place to live, but the cheaper place to live isn't on the bus line. And then, and the, or I could get the better paying job, but the better paying job is outside of where the bus takes me. So I had to get the car, but in order for it to get, and so on and so forth. It's, it's just one of those weird, like three things have to shift at one time and then it all becomes good. Yes. <laughs> And even though I'm going to pay you, you're, still, you're starting a business. Now you can't even put it into a car. No, not at all. No. <laughs> now I'm sitting here going, I'm like, I need a new desk. Ah, but now I need a new external monitor so I can see stuff a little bigger because I've got the power, but now I need to see it more. And yeah. <laughs> all right. So there, I think we, we got it. I think oh, yeah. episode zero is in the books. By the way, um, what if you hear me? Yeah, I started this by popping the wine. I usually pick a nice, cool bottle of wine to start out with. Look at how rad this is. Oh, that is really cool. Isn't that cool? So maybe we can get a picture of the label on mm-hmm. uh, Instagram. Mystic. It's called Intrinsic. But it's it's really cool. It's got like a street art uh, label. Really. Yeah, I was going to say, from one side, it looked like just street art graffiti, but then you turn around, it actually yeah. turns into like part of her dress. Yeah, totally cool. So we'll, we'll start to get some wine experts on here to do better wine analysis than I ever can. I got some people in the works. So we'll, you know, we'll add those to the art episodes. But the goal is to give you what's happening in business today, what I'm seeing in the marketplace every day, uh, me being in the game, me talking to, to uh, some really, not high power is not the right word, but high level people in in growth in the markets and uh interestingly enough i'm this is this is how we'll leave it for anyone in the startup world i'm also the vp of training and development for a new startup in the senior living market how about that for a pivot oh yeah that's a that's a good market to be in right now because yes <clears throat> because the last thing you want is for old granny and grandpa to be stuck in a covid ridden nursing home you dude you <laughs> nailed why we bumped up the release date by a year yeah seriously so uh I, that's an interesting one which we'll get into later but um talking about documenting the journey we are like this where we are now right now is alpha testing the technology of the startup will be at CES. Oh God! Don't get me started. You want to have a proper time to drop the word? Fuck. <laughs> yes. God Almighty. So we were, we got um, to give people context. We got accepted to CES. Yes. And we got accepted to Eureka Park, which is you only got your first shot the first year that you are in business as a startup. Mm-hmm. And it's the biggest tech conference in the world. It's in Vegas. And they even teased us on Cheddar, right? Cheddar TV. Yep. You sent me the link. CES says they're still going yeah, live. Uh-huh. And we were like, oh, we we're, yes. you know, we were going to. I was literally going to book the, the flights and the room, and Alex was coming. We were going to video the whole thing. And then, boom. Literally, like a week after that. They said it's only yeah, virtual. Yeah, you shot it over to me with just capital letters, a very, again, a very appropriate, just. Oh God. I looked down and it's just, it was one of those things I couldn't process it for the first little bit because I'm sitting here going, because very You're rare. You're like, fake news, fake news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because very rarely do I let myself get super excited because it, hey, I'm not, you know, crying boo-hoo, but it's like there have been many things in my life I've gotten excited for and then just 
life happens and it doesn't work out, you right. know? So I've kind of accustomed myself to being like, don't get excited for the thing until like the day of or the hour before, you know, that right. sort of stuff. You know, big national bands coming through and, you know, ooh, we might get the date if they can secure that. Uh, and it's looking yeah. good. It's looking good. Oh, they don't do the date. And so yeah, it's like, then we don't get Who it. don't know what he's talking about. It, every local band wants to get the opening slot of a oh, band yeah. you love. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's like, it, it's the, it looks like you're getting it. The guy, you know, putting it on is like, Oh yeah, totally. And then the actual touring act doesn't even agree to right. the show. So it's just nothing happens. So, but I let myself, fall into it because I was like oh well they've already got confirmation right yeah. that, how, can that, this, go, how can they walk this back it's on yeah, TV yeah, yeah. It, well not even that but it's like uh, you know you're the uh, the company that you know, you're working for I'm like they, they've already got the confirmation it's not like they're trying to get in no they're in and if Tony's going he's saying I'm going I'm, I've never been to Vegas I've never been to CES this is going to be awesome I can't wait oh my god and the, uh, da, 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 da. two weeks later uh, <laughs> even make it worse i did a virtual event just to experience it from the user end, and i was like oh god this is it was dreadful well yeah they're, they're saying that they're going to do us like a public digital event on in january of 21 yeah well that's actually, actually oddly enough i looked it up today being like maybe they changed their minds yeah, again <laughs> well there's I'm, time i'm confident that uh We'll be back at CES the following year. Is there another, like, let, let's, actually, we, we've said another way to end the show three times now, but here's another That's way right. to end it. Uh, when do you think, taking all emotion out of it, when do you think, for the most part, things will get back to normal? This time next year. Really? Yeah. I mean, if I, I, th I thought my projection was uh, way off. I was, I was going to say March of next year. Yeah, I think uh, I hate to say it, but it does depend on how the election goes. Mm -hmm. um, I d just with me when personally, we say back to normal. I mean, we're musicians; we are being hung out to dry right now. And uh, well, even with public speaking, it's going to be treated the same way. Yeah, but you could do a. It's different because these hotels are dying, and they're going to be forced to reduce their rates just because there's going to be restrictions on capacity, but you could seat people yeah. in a massive conference room that would normally hold, let's just say 2000 people. You reduce it a thousand people. It's still a good, but you're not seeing that with theaters. That's with theaters. I'm just saying, you asked me about speaking business. Yeah. Well, I, could I mean, be on, it might be the I same could be on stage of... and they could put a bunch of tables with three people at one big round table, spread those tables out six feet apart. You've got a decent sized room and a decent yeah. sized banquet. You may not be able to, invite all the employees and their spouses it may just be the employees but like there's uh, there's workarounds there, there's even some people doing live events really well right now drive-ins <laughs> there's like driving comedy driving yeah. music but i'm talking about like actual people coming to a conference room because because yeah. the hotels are just saying screw it, we gotta get we can quote unquote adhere by the guidelines and get someone to come in yeah so speaking could come back quicker but uh, conventions are different. Yeah, that's the tough part. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking more so because at least from all the trends we've seen, every time we start to get a dip, there's a holiday. Yeah, Fourth of July messed us up. I bet you Labor Day is gonna mess us up. I don't know. I think if you say normal, I think it's they. I just think that normal would be 
sometime around August of next year. Maybe yeah. spring. Spring could be. But they're going to go. They're probably going to go, well, does, does sunlight reactivate? You know, like how many different versions of terror oh, yeah. can we give when it's got. Well, no, because like I was saying, though, it's like because Labor Day is coming up, but then the month after is going to be Halloween and then Thanksgiving and Dear God, Black Friday and then Christmas and New Year's. You're not going to be able to separate these people from these big holidays. Where I think it'll come back is closer to summer next year. Yeah, because I think they'll need a full um, school calendar year. Like they'll probably want to regroup over the summer. Yeah, ooh, imagine all the kids that would be like, now summer school is real school Well, this think year. about it. They're going to probably go through a full school year COVID style. Yeah. And then they're going to roll into summer, and they're going to, we're going to slow place over, and then boom, fall semester mm-hmm. starts. Hopefully school can start normally. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm hoping for March. I'm thinking by March things might be a little better, but, yeah, maybe this time next year. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know, man. Fingers crossed for March. (laughs) I I continue to be happy um, and just try and appreciate. I got a kid, so I'm I'm lucky in that that I got a reason to look back on this. So I feel bad for all my single friends. Mm -hmm. That's one of the people I'm worried about. I think that's there's an unintended consequence of all this, which is people's mental health, which makes me really, really nervous. And actually, I think that'd be a fun one to go down in a Wine yeah. and Wealth episode is mental health. I'd like to market, you know, like what we think is happening now and like what we hear is happening now and take all the rumors and what people are saying left and right and then see like, God willing, we're doing this five years from now and mm-hmm. be like, let's track our our record. Like, yes. how did we look at it? I think I'm that would nervous be pretty good. at the result, but, you know. I just want people to be happy, which is why we're doing this podcast. Yep. So here's Episode the deal. I hope, zero. Yep. I hope everyone uh, has a good time, grabs a glass of wine or a scotch or a water, club soda, whatever you're into. I don't care if you if you roll one up and smoke it. It's cool, too. I'm not that kind of guy. I don't do that stuff anymore, but, you know, Alex might do it here and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my MO anymore, but, you know, to each his own. We're not that stiff. Nah. Uh, so, all right, family, uh, I can't wait to have you on the journey. Hopefully you learn something. We have a little fun on the way. And uh, until next time, happy selling. <laughs>